and welcome fellow lighting nerds and friends to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast. My name is Lisa Bartlett. Thank you so much for joining me once again. I uh, always appreciate the listens and the support of the podcast. It really means a lot to me. I am recording today from a new location, so if the audio is a bit different today, please bear with me. I will get the kinks worked out. I've been recording uh, up to this point from my um, uh, showroom office, but uh, finally got a full home office set up, and um, I'm loving it, so that's where I'm recording from today. But um, it's a much bigger room with much less carpeting, so it might be a tad more echoey, but I will get that figured out. Um, So again, if there's any sound quality issues, bear with me and I will get it sorted in upcoming episodes. I wanted to um, put in another plug for the Patreon for the podcast, patreon.com slash light files. There is one Patreon supporter as I (laughs) broadcast this, uh, um, recording. Um, and I'm looking, would love to add more. Um, the commitment is, uh, $5 a month, uh, $60 a year, I guess, uh, for this content. And, um, you know, I really think it's important as an industry that we show support for things that are trying to move the needle in the direction, um, our industry needs. And, um, I, you know, I'm obviously a firm believer in that by starting the Lighting Showroom Association, but, um, I hope everyone's supporting whatever organization, um, furthers what you believe is necessary for the long-term, um, success and viability of the lighting industry. Um, I hope some of you find that to be this podcast, Light Files. And, um, if so, uh, I would really appreciate your support on Patreon so that I can further grow and improve this podcast and make it something that is really the voice of the lighting industry, not just my voice, but everyone's voices. Um, and uh, the way I can get to that quicker is if y'all can, um, find a way to contribute to the podcast, or, um, if you want to have your showrooms do it on, uh, as, as a company, that would be also fine. Um, I really, really appreciate it. And thank you so much for taking time to, to check that out and, um, support. And there are some fun extra benefits, um, if you're a Patreon supporter and I'll be able to get into more of those as we get more supporters, but thank you so much to my first supporter. Uh, it means the world to me and, um, I appreciate your support of the podcast and the industry and everything that you do. Um, those of you that follow me on, uh, my personal social media noticed, um, I was on a vacation in Disney this past week with my son and, That leads me to what I wanted to talk about in my first light file today, um, is vacation. (laughs) How do you vacation? I really struggle with this. I have a really hard time disconnecting from work, um, in order to go on vacation. (laughs) Um, I go on vacations, um, but it turns out I work (laughs) while I'm there. And I fully expect to do that uh, by and large. I mean, there's some functions that I perform for my showroom that um, I have not turned over to other people yet. And uh, I'm probably not going to for the foreseeable future. The biggest of those um, functions being our purchasing. I still do all the purchasing for the showroom. And, you know, those of you in the industry know that 
Um, it used to be purchasing could be done. Like you could write your purchase orders out, run them out, you know, every week, every 10 days. And that was sufficient. Um, that's certainly what we did when we started. Gosh, I remember when I started at, um, the showroom, we <laughs> would write purchase orders for some lines that we did minimal business with every three to four weeks. Um, that's just not something that works in the, in the world, um, that we live in today. So I still do all the purchasing. Um, I'm still the purchasing agent for my showroom, but that involves running out purchase orders, um, around three times a week. And as you all know, some purchase orders must be received on the specified day by the manufacturer in order to get your freight terms. So, um, yeah, so I always have to take breaks from vacation, at least to write purchase orders, but I also uh, operate as um, a salesperson, so I do have customers that rely on me to be available. Um, so vacation is just a really difficult concept for me. So I wanted to put this out there now to get um, hopefully get some input and feedback from you guys um, about how you vacay. Um, most of the people listening to this podcast, I assume are owners of manage or managers of small independent, uh, locally owned businesses, or you work for, uh, manufacturers probably at a fairly high level. I doubt there's a lot of customer service agents listening to this podcast, but I would love it if there were, <laughs> but I just don't expect it. So, um, I wonder how people at that point of their careers, um, are able to disconnect and take time away because I have not figured out the secret sauce yet. I am constantly checking my phone. I'm constantly replying to messages because I have this fear that like, if I'm not available, something's going to go wrong. Um, or my customer is going to need something and it's a rush and, I, you know, don't check my email for several hours and I get an angry customer, even though I tell them in advance that I'm going on vacation. Um, even though I tell them in advance, I'm just so afraid of what, <laughs> what could go wrong if I'm not available, which sounds a little silly as I'm saying it out loud. This is lighting. This is not heart surgery. I just, um, I get a lot of anxiety about it. It just feels like so foreign to me to take this mantle off, you know, this your the buck stops here, you know, is kind of how I view my position in my showroom. And, um, I don't find that that's something that's easily turned off and then picked back up later. Um, once you have that, the buck stops here mentality, um, it applies, all the time. And I, and I really just have a really challenging time disconnecting from that. Um, I'm supposed to go on, um, the longest vacation I've taken yet. Um, in November, we're going at the uh, end of November I've mentioned before, but, um, my husband is semi-retired on his way to full retirement. Um, so he has, uh, time and energy and space to, to be gone for longer periods of time. So we're going to take a longer, um, almost three week vacation, uh, around Thanksgiving in November. And I'm super looking forward to it. I'm assuming that we won't have COVID issues, um, too, too much by then, but you know, you never know, um, with everything going on now, it sometimes seems like we're backsliding more than we're progressing when it comes to, um, the, uh, pandemic, but, um, assuming we're able to go, I just don't quite know 
how I'm going to manage it. <laughs> I'll be able to work. Of course, there'll be Wi-Fi, all of the things, but, um, it just seems like something that's going to be a real challenge for me to try to find more space to disconnect and recharge. I mentioned this, I think even on the first podcast that I did this, um, it's like COVID fatigue, um, really just this, I for sure need a little reset in my life. So the Disney trip was a great break from that. <laughs> Anybody that's been to Disney, um, knows it's not exactly the most relaxing vacation, but, um, the kids love it. And my son is 15 and he still loved it. We were planning to go again next year. Um, so it's just a ball, but, um, it's not really relaxing. So the vacation I'm going on in November is more with an eye to relaxation because I definitely need some personal recharge time. Um, it's just everything the past 18 months going on two years now has just been a lot. And I know I need a bit of a reset so that I can be, the best boss and, uh, the best, you know, employer and the best partner and everything else, the best mom I can possibly be. I need definitely feeling I'm in need of a reset. So, um, I'm trying to figure out what the best way is to vacation and really get that time in and not neglect the people who rely on me back at my business, whether they're, um, employees or customers. So if anybody has any great tips about how they're able to vacay without, without abandoning responsibilities back at home, I would love to hear it. I was thinking about maybe giving myself like a window every day. Um, like you can work from nine to 10 AM every day and that's it. And just let people know you'll get back to them as soon as you can. But like just that time and otherwise like turn the email notifications off. I don't know. That's kind of the strategy I was thinking of. But um, if anybody has any great tips, please, please, please share them at Light Files on Instagram or email me. Um, I'd love to be able to share those back with everyone because I suspect in a group like this, um, there's a lot of people that have this challenge. I mean, even when I go to Dallas, um, which is a work trip, I still find myself, you know, having to check my phone all the time in order to keep up with, you know, customer emails or needs. And, you know, we're at market on a Wednesday and there's those POs that have to be written on Wednesdays. So I have to make sure I find time to stop and write purchase orders so that I get my free freight Wednesday promotions in, um, because the business of the showroom doesn't stop just because I'm not in it. So, um, we have to keep it going. <laughs> um, I had a really, the second life file I want to talk about this week, and this is going to be an ongoing topic. I expect we'll get into this more, maybe a little bit next week. Um, I had a really interesting conversation with an independent rep agent. And, um, this was on a, you know, we had a private conversation. I'm just going to share some tidbits from it. But this light file I want to open is um, kind of an ongoing conversation that we're having in this podcast that I think is really hitting at things that are critical for our industry moving forward. So the conversation this uh, sales agent and I were having was all about how we agents and showrooms provide value to customers how we 
uh, express the importance of lighting to customers and how we maybe shift our focus on the kind of customers um, that we're trying to capture in the showroom business model. Now that's not saying that we fully abandon like retail customers or um, DIY customers. It's not saying that we, you know, stop serving that channel of business, but, but the conversation we had did focus a lot on let that business be what it is. Um, Definitely have salespeople that can handle retail walk-in sales, but the bigger push for lighting showrooms and our agent partners is probably to think, to focus more. um, He called it upstream in our business channel. And that makes a lot of sense to me. Instead of focusing on the end user, you know, DIY project person (laughs) that maybe we need to be focusing more upstream in terms of getting lighting going, you know, we always say like the biggest competitor in our, uh, in the lighting industry, isn't necessarily the showroom down the street, but it is, you know, the plumbing fixtures, the counters, the cabinets, the flooring, those other people we're competing with for dollars in someone's home, whether it's a new home construction or renovation, like that's kind of who we're up against as an industry. And so maybe if we focused more upstream, up channel in um, the pro- in the process, uh, that we can really drive home the importance of lighting, get really great lighting layouts done, really get buy-in um, from architects, designers, really early in the process, and create great end user designs that they are just raving about. And perhaps that's a bit how we really convey, start conveying, start building the blocks of how critically important lighting is to a home, how critically important, uh, well-designed, well-laid-out lighting is to the function of a home, to your moods as a family residing inside the home, having great lighting, um, is, I, I mean, it can be critically important. I actually, my home is an older home. The room I'm sitting in, uh, my new home office, well, and home gym, I'll take a picture <laughs> and share it on social media. But um, there are lovely eyeball recessed in here, um, six inch. There's a Hunter original fan, which I desperately want to change, but it's a Hunter original. So then I feel like, eh, let me go with it. <laughs> it was here and we bought the house. Um, so the lighting in this space, I did, um, add a portable table lamp, um, with a starfish, uh, bulb, um, starfish lamp. Sorry. I'm talking to industry, uh, people. I forget I can use the technical terms. <laughs> um, and, like even with those let two layers of light really and the fan, it still feels like a not well lit space. And I even have skylights in here. So there is just so much value that can be brought into a home just by great lighting and different moods and different scenes and the ability we have now to easily set these moods and scenes. You know, you don't necessarily have to invest in this huge whole home system that cost oodles and oodles of money. Not saying it's not going to be pricier than just installing, you know, one fixture in the center of the room and calling it a day. But, um, 
but but it's not as outrageously expensive as it used to be. And there is a lot of value that reps in showrooms can add in that process in laying out and getting the information to the installers of exactly what they need to do and when, and, uh, you know, giving technical support when they do, when they go to install something and it's just not working right. Like there's huge value add for us there. And perhaps as an industry, we really need to be focusing more on that avenue of business and growing that. And, you know, we'll get, but the more times we do that successfully out in the world, the more advocates we're going to have for great lighting and they'll tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. And the next thing you know, there's going to be an HGTV show about how great lighting is. And, um, here's how you do it. And here's some tips from the professionals. Um, but we can absolutely get the industry there. That said, our industry has become so incredibly fragmented. We all see it. We all feel it. I actually believe that fragmentation is what led the Lighting Showroom Coalition and now the LSA to be as successful as they are. The fragmentation is real. We all feel it. The manufacturers feel it. The reps feel it. The showrooms feel it. We all feel it. We're all experiencing this same phenomenon And I just have to be honest, I think the manufacturers are capitalizing on that fragmentation far better than anyone else in our industry. They're taking that fragmentation and helping and allowing it to serve their needs as a business so that they can grow and be successful and do more and reach more people and further their business models. They're absolutely capitalizing on it. And that's fine. Um, I think some sales agents are also following a similar path and capitalizing on the fragmentation, whether that's selling direct to the trade or whatever they might be doing. Um, you know, there's a, a sales rep that I'm friends with in the industry who advertises himself on social media as, um, as an expert and, you know, is inviting designers and end users to contact him about lighting, um, as if he's a salesperson in a lighting showroom. And, um, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't fault the hustle, (laughs) but he's absolutely taking advantage of the fragmentations in our industry to, you know, further his own business and what he's doing for a living. And, um, and, and there it is. It's just, we keep doing that to one another and the show. And that's, and again, this is fine. There are ways that we can find, um, find some commonality and, and the ability to come together. But, um, that fragmentation, I think definitely leaves the independent lighting showroom pretty vulnerable and we are not taking advantage of the fragmentation in the showroom channel. We're just not, we're not capitalizing on it. We're not doing anything better. Um, I, it, we're just not. And there's a lot of, there's been a lot of arguments about how, um, how we improve that, you know, is it, you know, focusing on smart home solutions? Is it, um, you know, working with audio visual installers? Is it, what, what is it that we, we find a way back in and take better control of the distribution of lighting in North America? Because that's what showrooms really need to be focused on. How are we taking back control and ownership of lighting distribution in North America? 
That's an excellent question. And I think we all need to be thinking about it. And um, my short answer is that showrooms have not been thinking about that. And we have allowed other parts of our industry to siphon off this business, that business, that business. And it's just siphoned, siphoned, siphoned. And here we are um, just kind of left with what remains. And how long is that going to last? I just don't think it's infinitely sustainable where we are right now. Um, so I find these conversations with the sales agent and others really in- refreshing and interesting. It gives me hope that there are ways that we can work together and f- not only further our industry, but make a great product. And I think part of this comes from as um, people involved in the industry, we need to remain engaged with what we do and not be disillusioned or disenchanted with it. Um, I recorded several podcasts ago about this, like about my lighting philosophy. And I feel that in order to really succeed and grow and move this forward to some degree, we all have to find our lighting philosophy, why we are so invested in this industry and really use that energy to take us to the places that we need to go. We can't just idly stand by, throw our hands up and expect somebody to fix things for us. That's not going to happen. We've tried that already. It doesn't work. So now we need to figure out a new way forward. We need to really start taking some actionable steps. We need to be engaging with sales agents like the one I'm speaking of. Um, I'm hoping that we'll be able to record a joint podcast here soon and um, really find different paths and different ways forward. They are out there for us, um, but we are, like I said, very fragmented and we need to recover from that a bit. And um, I think thinking outside the box, trying new things, working in a different way, moving forward is where we're going to start finding success and finding our place in the industry again as lighting showrooms. And uh, again, we need to be focused on how to re how to recapture lighting distribution in North America. So to rephrase how do independent lighting showrooms work to recapture all of the lighting distribution in North America, because that's where we started and we want to get as close back to that as we can. Anyway, that's my thoughts this week. I hope you enjoyed them. Let me know uh, whatever feedback, tell me how to have a vacation because I'm going to need one and I need to know how to do it successfully. Love to hear your thoughts on um, the future of our industry. And I will talk to you again next time. Everyone take care.